Boom, we are live now. Uh, can you just say anything to make sure that your sound is being picked up properly? Up and running. Yo, yo, what up? It's Oasis breaking records. What's going on? Awesome. Super cool. So, welcome to Bridge the Gap. My, my name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is the show where we basically uh, take very smart and interesting people, such as yourself, Mr. Oasis, and we, uh, we go through your life. And we just try to extract knowledge nuggets from the experiences that you've had. And, yo, I'm a big fan of breaking records and everything you stand for and what y'all are doing. It's, like, really, like, setting a standard for, like, you know, especially somebody like me is, like, yo, they're, like, proving the model. It isn't like they're, like, they're proving. The, they're getting, like, clipped in interviews. They're getting the contest. Everything's fucking moving. And you're just watching, like, okay, they got their shit together. Let's oh yeah! Pay attention to what they're doing. Oh yeah, breaking records. We've been doing uh, we've been doing hip hop for a while, man. So yeah. So it's uh, appreciate it's, hearing that. It's like always cool to have folk like you here because you're just doing so much. So like, how did you get there? How are you still doing it? Those are things people really care a lot about. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we have like a token yeah. first question that we run through that kind of gets the ball rolling. It's a little bit of a story. Once it lands, you can answer it however you feel. Um, it starts off with my girlfriend washing the dishes and she's, uh, you know, gluing her thing to this black eyed peas song. She's bumping that shit and this, I got a feeling. And she's like dancing yeah. and she's vibing and I'm watching her do this and I'm thinking about this song and how this, this song is now like chores music. It's exercise music. It like exists in the sphere of like today and now like that. But like 10 years ago, I can clearly remember being super drunk dancing to this very same song in bars and clubs turning up to it and it really just got me thinking about musics and vibes and whatnot because music is kind of like something that changes over time so you have like this song that at one point's in the club something yeah. like maybe a wet ass pussy and then you think about that song in 10 years and how people are going to be doing the same thing they're going to be washing chores and stuff and little kids will be running around well that's the song that people are turning up to because that's just how this stuff all works out in real life uh but you got me thinking again about yeah. music and vibes and then it got attached that to like our own musical journeys now typically when we do this whole musical journey question we often start like when we got into music when we got attached to it adolescence my first favorite this but really our musical journeys start a little bit earlier than that like back to when we were like you know three four five years old and there's all these sounds and these vibes oh, yeah. that exist around us like in my case i can't clearly remember uh, my I, dad I remember a few tracks <laughs> amazing my dad had those gray boxes with the speakers and the tapes and he played his zeppelins and shit and my mom had her crappy disco knockoff tapes and it was a lot of tapes in my life a lot of radios some technos all these things and it made me realize this is like really a foundation for stuff that i would end up coming to love way later on in life so that brings me back to you i'm wondering if you could take us to like the youngest oasis you can remember and walk us through a little bit of the soundscape of your existence back then <laughs> the soundscape of my existence i like that uh yo the first uh definitely the first music memory i have like and it's actually like to this day i always tell people it's the deep song that got me into hip-hop it was uh i forget how old i was probably five or something like that and that's when space jam came out so when space jam came out i had the soundtrack so that uh monstars anthem hit them high with you know coolio be real LL Cool J's on that. Buster's at the end, who's got like a real weird verse, but he kills that. So that was, that was, I think that's an easy Mo B instrumental as well. 
correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to say that, but anyway, yeah, that was the first, uh, the first thing. And I, I just remember being in my driveway with that little tykes basketball net, just slam jamming it to, you know, the monsters anthem that, uh, when I, yeah, five years old, man. So that's, uh, that's the first one, which is kind of whack. Cause that's such a dope track. It was kind of hard to follow. So I forget my next, you know, hip hop song that I really it isn't kinda, even necessarily you know, hip hop, really right? Because like, what were your parents listening to and such? Like, what were the other sounds around beyond yourself? Because you're you're gonna have oh, just like I'd say old rock band. I guess like my mom listened to like a lot of uh, like Motown, like Leslie Gore, and uh, like a re- like a real poppy shit, but. Like from the '60s, I guess it'd be considered poppy. But I delved deep but, uh, into the crates of those uh, those records as well. You can see, like, I produce beats as well, so you would kind of see those that influence more in my production than you would mm. in my rap. But that's why it's so cool to go back that far because often that is how these things work. There's so many things that happen. I learned asking this question when you're like five that just tie into the person you are as a fully grown up thing. So it's super. It's just super nifty also because everyone answers this question completely different. Like, I never get the same response twice. So, like, we always just learn a lot. Yeah, that's a good first question. Um, But, like, yeah, so, like, there's a bit more to it because there's a bunch of elements. So we like to kind of cover what the – because as a young one, we tend to do more things than we do as older ones. So were you into, like, the dancings and stuff when you were a little one? I don't know if you're a dancer now, but, like – Dancing. No, I could never dance. I was always too tall and awkward to dance when I was a kid. Mm. But uh, but now I was more uh, more into like biking and like outdoor kind of shit. Like mm. I don't know, kid shit. When I was, I guess when I was that age, you know what I mean? Nah, it's but fair. Um, I would say, I would say music didn't start playing a, a real part of my life until like you know, I guess early teenager. Nah, but like, definitely, definitely, you know, we gonna get there. But what about yeah. drawing? Were you into the drawings at all? Were you a drawer? Drawing, artist? yeah. I used to draw a lot. That's fresh. I used to draw a lot. I used to draw a lot. I used to like to draw cars. I used to take uh, like that free calendar magazines you get at grocery stores and shit. And I would just like, I would draw the cars that was in it. So yeah, yeah, I used to draw. That's super cool, man. Honestly, I think that's really- like, I can't no more though. Nah, but it's like nobody knows these things because we never really talk about them. So it's fun to find out the kind of different stuff we were up to. Um, no, nah, but that's pretty fresh. And it, it, sometimes people have elaborate stories. I've heard of full theatrical five-year-old productions that have gone on. And then I've heard stuff where it's like, nah, man, touched out to later on. But still, we now know that you draw, you're an outdoorsy <laughs> kid, that you actually drop Space Jam, which is a, you'd think more people would like attach to that album for how banging it is. But it's the first time anybody's mentioned Space Jam. To I know. Me. But that song is incredible because they don't that's cuss a, that's one a time. That's soundtrack. They don't cuss one time on that track. It's oh, actually yeah. kid appropriate because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Even though it's the scariest song on the tape. But yeah, and I was like, that's I an impressive that track. Um, so when did you like decide? Because yeah. usually like, my na- oh, where are you from, by the way? It's my like deliberate second question. I'm from Brantford. Fresh. Brantford, Brantford. So I know yeah. what that is because I've talked to Maloney at this point. Otherwise, I had no idea what that was beforehand. 
and so it's like uh it's interesting yeah, most people don't he gave us this like real breakdown into like what it was like to grow up in that part of town i don't know if you have any like memories of what it is to your experience because why i bring that up is sometimes you hear people talk about things or you see the world that they're at and people don't always know what the the young experiences of growing up in environments is like yeah yeah no brantford i could imagine what's uh been said about brantford it's a pretty uh they call it the ghost town for a reason you know there's not there's like nothing to do there there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of rusties around there there's a there's a lot of shit that goes down in Brantford. Brantford's kind of a fucked up place i remember uh you know i, I remember being downtown Brantford a lot i worked downtown at a lot of different places too growing up mm. and Brantford's uh Brantford's a different different kind of place man i'll tell you that fair enough and so you just... see a lot of different shit growing and I just like, I don't like to like go delve into drama per se, but I do think it's part of your story and part of what helps define your character is to address that you come from a place that maybe is a little different than say like growing up in cushy Montreal. And I would argue I grew up in cushy Montreal. I didn't grow up in like the hardest <laughs> shit ever. It was always like a safe environment in my life. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's cool stills. So yeah, you grew up in Bramford and then my next question is usually going to be something like musical identities and shit so usually around adolescence somewhere in that patch of times basically you go from yo the music is around me you know there's a song here or there to yo i heard this track and music like changes and you start really giving a shit about it do you remember when that moment happened for yeah you? like oh man i would still say it's that hit em high song because like okay. i knew then like i don't think i at that time that I knew I really like loved hip hop and that was like the genre that I felt, but like still like that was the song I would like listen to for like hours and hours. And then I would say, ah, that, that's a tough question, man. <laughs> Fair uh, the next track, like that's what I mean, I can't, I can't even, even pick out the, like you know, the next track. A general sense of when I you got say, into like, it. I, I would say when I started chilling, uh, I used to chill with my cousin a lot. And uh, he would bring around some underground shit like Jedi Mind Tricks and Atmosphere. He had uh, Binary Star, some okay. real underground shit like that. So I kind of got into that as opposed to, you know, kind of what was on the radio and shit that was going on. Like, you know, I was always into the underground kind of shit. So I would say, like, when I really started to delve in and dig into the crates of, you know, music would probably be when I started to get, like, introduced to that underground element of hip-hop and remember, that different kind of do you remember how old different you were, kind of or, element of it or what part of your life that took place in probably about 13. fair enough so you get probably to... about 13. how did you actually go and find this is it like through the internet like what part what, how are you getting music at this time well my uh like well my cousin like i said i was chilling with my cousin a lot so he he always broke me off the music he always had different burnt cds okay. and shit and you know he was uh uh, yeah, he always had cases and CD cases upon cases of just different shit. So I'd be able to, you know, take a couple and whatever, right? And I would check out different shit. And he would always have, he'd always have the classics on it, like, you know, like the Pac and the Big and whatever. But, you know, he, he liked that underground shit too. So I ended up becoming a pretty big, uh, like, Jedi Mind Tricks fan, a, a big fan of Stoops, uh, the, the producer there. Mm. At a pretty, yeah, 13, 14, I was a fan of them. That's when I'd say I probably really started delving, digging in the crates of, and giving a shit about hip hop. Yeah. 
That's a, we just got a comment from E-Rock. Hit him high also influenced Bugs Bunny to rap as well. That's a big part of the song that shit was. I thought that was a great comment. Um, Yo. But Stu- <laughs> Yo, you're bugging. <laughs> but uh, Stoop is an excellent producer, honestly. Like, it's a pretty powerful influence to have so young, whereas, you know, less conventional. But, like, to this day, the guy can produce and make it sound amazing. Like, to this day, like, what, 20-something years deep? Yeah. That's some incredible shit to me. Um, fair enough. Uh, so basically, your cousin's the plug, and you're in the kind of download burn CD era of music at this time when you're all getting into it. So you're able to actually go find this stuff. We're in that early 2000s hip-hop, I would assume, then, around that era, or late 90s. Yeah, yeah, that was the, like, when, when LimeWire was first introduced, I guess, like. No, fair. Um, so during high school. So at that point, when do you, like, go from the part of, like, you're a fan and you're, like, consuming this to, like, yo, I want to actually start, like, doing this. I want to start being a part of this. Yeah, well, in high school, like, I wouldn't say, like, I, re- I really like rap. Like, that was the genre I liked, but I never really see myself as a rapper anyway. Like, there was a couple times, probably 16, 17, probably just, like, you know, like, drinking with my friends or whatever. I ended up, like, you know, freestyling something that ended up being actually pretty dope. So... I started just freestyling once in a while, whatever, and ended up getting pretty good at it to the point where, like, Malone always used to tell me anyway, like, like when I first met Malone, like, my freestyles were better than my written verses. Like, I couldn't write a verse. Like, mm. I was better at freestyling. So when I first started doing, like, Monday Night Massacres and stuff like that, like, in Malone's basement, when I really started, like, going into rap, all I even did was, like, freestyle. So. so I pretty much, yeah, started as like a freestyle rapper, occasional freestyle rapper, and ended up, ended up being like, I was actually dope at it. So, so what everyone is always started to ask me to do it. What's a Monday Night Massacre? So you got to look at it like, so y'all well, hear okay. people's, y'all know this stuff, but imagine like we're filling your wiki page a little bit. Nobody knows this stuff outside of you yeah. and the ones that were there. So be you telling us this, we can all get enlightened into your journey. So yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll break down the Monday Night Massacres with you. Like anyway, actually, this will kind of lead into it. So when I first actually even like did started doing music or whatever, I was just freestyling. But like yeah, when we did the uh, every Monday, uh, like Malone and they were uh, the back in the day, the group was called Icom. Um, it was uh, Lipinski, rest in peace, Lipinski. He's uh, one of our boy. He passed away a couple years ago. It was Maloney, uh, Juicy, and uh, Santoro. And if I'm forgetting somebody, which I don't think I am at that point. Um, but yeah, anyway, every Monday they would do this uh, video in Malone's basement on like a digital camera, this real ghetto video and rap over like usually some DJ premiere beat and just spit verses and do like stupid shit on camera or whatever. And uh, like that happened every Monday and it was kind of like a big thing in the city, like in Brantford, like everybody was checking the Monday Night Massacres. I remember like, you know, people talking about it, like, oh, yo, I remember, you see that, you see the last one, whatever. So that was those, the Monday Night Massacres, that was just like a weekly cipher that those guys started doing. And they were at, like, they did it every week for for a year. And when I first started coming in and started rapping with, uh, like, Malone and, like, Icom and those guys, they were at, like, week probably, like, 30. They were probably like, halfway through it, right? right? right. But... Uh, but yeah, like when I first started doing the Monday Night Massacres anyway, like, yeah, I didn't even like write verses. I had I'd maybe written like one or two verses like ever in my life. And like I would just freestyle or whatever. 
So that's kind of when I really started giving a shit about it is when I, I guess, started putting a pen to a page and, you know, I guess taking it seriously. It took, uh, it took a minute, but. <laughs> no, but that's actually, it, that's an interesting point just to make that it does take a minute usually. Like none of these endeavors we go on are things that you, like you might decide, okay, I'm a rap and then take six months to get your brain to like catch up to where you need to be at to even start to take it like seriously, just cause it's a lot to like shift into especially if you're coming around a bunch of dudes that's rapping and you're seeing a bunch of things going on like you know it, it takes a minute to like adapt to a circumstance but also like you know freestyling and writing are mad different things and it's definitely a completely different oh, yeah. set. but that's still like interesting how like a lot of people i talk to start with freestyling and like but like were you into like any of that high school battle stuff was that going on around you in your in your world like were people doing that kind of things uh there wasn't there wasn't too too many people who rapped in in uh like my high school there was one guy um and i did end up battling him at in the cafeteria one time um and he ended up he ended up only spitting like two bars at me or some shit, right and and he didn't know I could rap or whatever at the time. And he just like he took like fucking like two minutes to think of his rhyme and then he said it to me and then I just went off and I like killed this guy at the cafeteria, right? Like and that's pretty much like at the time, I'm pretty sure like at the time anyway, like all my friends they probably didn't even know I rapped and they were just like, Oh fuck, yo, like yo, Nate, Nate could rap, holy shit, whatever, right? So there was there was that was the one battle like I, I had like in high school or whatever. Um uh yeah and i yeah fuck it but it, well, i don't even consider it to be like a battle you know what i mean because the guy only got like two yeah. bars out you know what i mean so it's not even i just it thought was nothing but he was at yeah yeah it's just uh how did you like decide to start freestyling like was it just being drunk with your friends and then it just happened or like when did you like yo i'm gonna start freestyling it just like i think it just yeah it just like happened one time and then i ended up like it ended up being not bad and then people would start like requesting a freestyle here and there and then I, I got better at it and people started requesting freestyles all the time so then i ended up just being that guy like yo put on a beat yo it's freestyle like you know like okay. that, that was me that was that was that guy and yo we got iraq for a few years iraq asked a great question is that monday uh massacre footage available still or is it all like gone uh there's a couple monday night massacres up still um, there's mo the majority of them are off cause it's a lot of old material mm. and there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like, I don't know. I think there was a lot of shit that had to get deleted cause one of the YouTube accounts got deleted and then had, we had to re-upload them and, uh, like Malone didn't have all the videos. Only some got re-uploaded anyway. So yeah, but there's a couple, there's a couple up there. Uh, yeah, just uh, lingering up there. Monday Night Massacre. Search that up. Icom. We actually we just changed. Uh, we're doing uh, the group. We're bringing the Icom name back in Breaking Records. Actually, so the next Breaking Records project you see will be uh, under the group name Icom. I C O M. That's dope. I, it goes for uh, I appear courtesy stuff. So, so we got to hear about the inception of that a little bit right before you dropped. You got project. to hear about the inception phase. <laughs> I like that. You guys have done something incredible and it's worth documenting in my opinion. Um so like you're basically with these guys that you're freestyling and I guess at that point you link up with Maloney and all these dudes 
and then what kind of happens next with yeah. your world like i don't really know uh anything about you beyond that well i drop um i started working with those guys our buddy uh lipinski that was our mutual friend who uh, introduced me to them anyway i started uh yeah kicking it ended up doing an album uh, the Villainous, that's available on the Breaking Records website as well. Uh, the Villainous, that was the first album that was uh, produced like entirely uh, by Maloney when he was first making, uh, first started making beats, when he first started making dope beats anyway, and I would take beats off of him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and then after that, me and Malone, actually, we ended up doing an album. Uh, me and him have a group. Uh, we go by the Menace Lupus. Uh, so we got, we put an album out there um that'll also that's also up on all the all our all the shit's up on our website but uh yeah and then following that i did uh the anti-mainstream movement um that was the that was the last album i dropped and now uh now i'm just putting out down to my last marble that's what all this uh, new shit's for uh, murder one move so all that all right so that was real fast but i know that a whole lot more happened in between yeah. than that kind of <laughs> stuff i know i get it man but this is like Everyone else gonna ask you the quick questions. This is the opposite one. This is like let's let's talk a little more. Like, yo, how did y'all get like an album made? When was this? Like early two thousand, like in the two thousands when you did your first project. Like, when was it? Yeah, I was probably like, yeah, it was probably like two thousand eight, something like that. Maybe it came out, and uh, yeah, I found myself like, yeah, I found like anyway, I started rolling with these guys. Found myself freestyling even more. Found myself. Uh, in the basement where we did the Monday Night Massacres more often than I wasn't. And yeah, like we just started working on shit like constantly. Um, so uh, yeah, like I'd just be in like Malone's basement and he'd just be playing these beats he's making or whatever, right? And I'd be sitting there writing rhymes and like working on rhymes and shit. And I'd be like, yo, I want this beat. I want that beat. And I accumulated some beats and he was just like, yo, might as well just get an album done mm. and uh like yeah i worked on that album for uh like probably like a year within within a year it was done it was out uh how'd you record, did you record it, with, it? Uh, recorded it uh to our boy uh Dante's house shout out Dante. um he was always our when we first started getting into the studio when we first um our first studio experience would have been with the homie Dante went in there and uh recorded shit he, he had all this shit set up in his closet and whatever but before that it was just the monday night massacres it was just the uh the digital camera i think we had a couple tracks out somebody had a couple tracks out or one thing or another i forget but but that's like, um yeah like that was the first studio we, so we started going to if I understand correctly, then y'all basically started this using the internet to leverage some cloud on some weekly recurring content, shit, which allowed you to gain up a little bit of buzz. These are some knowledge nuggets, right? Because marketing didn't really change; people just think it was different in the past. Um, yeah, so well, it was more like it was more local anyway. known, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't say it was more like an online kind of thing because it was like the people that were watching this shit were all from like the hood, all from our, like our same hood, right? Like all from Brantford, so. But it was still like uh, a way to do it, right? Because regardless if it was I local guess, yeah, it or made it not, more accessible, right? it allowed you to establish that original foothold because 
it was the recurring you did it every time at the same time people get used to it like those rules don't change for like today on how you build out content right you got to be regular with it you got like you guys seem to be doing every three months for your oh, contest yeah. and shit like that like there's calendars there's recurring natures and stuff yeah so that's really nifty to me and then from yeah that we started dropping shit in the studio and we just we just started working on albums and shit after that like basically like just kind of put all our work like if we're gonna do something we might as well make a whole project right which sounds like a great elevation. Well, that's the direction we took. No, but that's cool. Like you, yeah. you started your foundation, but on top sure. of that, you create chemistry because you're basically working with a bunch of people doing your ma uh, the the cipher thing. It's not just an isolated person. And then over time, you get to see who's serious. You get to see who's down, and then you start to build your core group. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. so that like explains a lot of how it all kind of came to be how y'all are so tightening and whatnot but you really put in time like establishing a foundation then you evolve that into working together which is just incredible because collectives is kind of like the move if you were to ask me and there's not a lot of collectives in my opinion so seeing y'all operate as you do is like mad inspirational um no word yeah appreciate that bro but like, uh, so, okay, so you start dropping albums. You're also doing shows. How are you like promoting your stuff at this time? Yeah, well, we, um, the first, uh, first show that happened, Icon did a show. I didn't perform. I didn't have any tracks out. Like I said, we were just doing the, we were just starting shit. Right. Right. Um, but it was Baloney, Lipinski and Santoro. They did the show DJed by our DJ, Jay Beats who was DJing for this guy, Sky, at this time. So Sky ended up, after that show, ended up becoming a member of Icon. Okay. So he was he's an older guy. So he had uh, the promotional shit kind of on lock, and had a, he's been doing shows for a long time. So he had, a, he had all the links on how to do the flyers and links on the clubs and shit. So it was basically when we had probably an album or so like Maloney probably had an album out. We probably had the Menace Lupus out or something. And then we really started doing shows when Sky came around. And uh, and we had we had access to, you know, like bar owners and shit. And he, he knew people and he was kind of our, our foot in the door to actually start to do shows. And then it kind of just kept rolling from there. So we would do shit at like, you know, like the Alex in Brantford. Uh, there was one at... Uh, uh, I think Jackhammer is a bunch at the Alex. Fuck. I don't even know the other bar's names, man, because you know what is Brantford and the bar will be closed the next year and it'll be a different name. So I don't even know what to call these bars anymore. Every time I drive through Brantford, it's a different name. So, but yeah, we did a bunch of shit. Yeah, mainly in Brantford. I remember my first show, though, was in Niagara Falls at a place called The Bank. Mm. But yeah. So it started off with Sky getting our foot in the door uh, with the shows. So you start performing, and I guess at that point, like, you guys are just, like, are you, or, like, I don't know, at that point, are you, like, a collective? Or is it, like, you're in that group? Like, I don't know, is it just, like, a group? Are you more, like, how, how does it, like, like, I don't know, it's just so interesting to see how you work. Like, I don't want you to go, like, you know, tell us everything, everything that you don't want to say, but it's just... A lot, yeah. a lot of people really just have since so far back stuck around for so long and even the story is cool just like you went to niagara falls and performed. Yeah. that's lit like i i've never even been to niagara falls oh well, i went once but like you know like 
<laughs> yeah. No, that was uh that was a dope show too. Um but yeah. Um yeah, we were a group. It was uh ICOM started doing shows as like a collective at the start. Um so that was J Beat, Sky, um Santoro, Lipinski, Maloney, and I know I'm forgetting some motherfucker. And then Juice to I accomplice, which is Obi now. Hmm. But uh, yeah, they were doing group shows at the start. And then after uh, me and Maloney ended up having an album and people kind of branched off after that. And me and him started doing shows because we had the, the Menace Lupus album out. And uh, like, that's kind of where it snowballed from there with, with me starting to do shows. But like, I never, I didn't do shows with ICOM as like a, like a group. Uh, collectively, I wasn't in ICOM until like a little later. You yeah. know what I mean? When they were starting to do that, I was like just just around for like maybe a year or something like that. Nah, it's fresh. Um, yo, Kato definitely did hook up with the Heat. All of them are good, man. It was a fucking good. I enjoyed peeping the beats for real. And then I'm like, mm. yeah, they're all pretty sick. And I like that they're different. Like I like how you you have that varied flavor, so that like you can almost feel like each beat is like that designed for like a different almost emotion. In my opinion, like or at least I took it that way, I and mean, then maybe other people will. But it makes it fun. It makes it like really really fun. Um, we did have a question about the ciphers. Are you guys doing ciphers or have plans for ciphers anytime in the future? Like. Um, I was actually, you know what, like speaking of ciphers, is that, uh, that's related to those Monday night massacres. I take it something like that. Yeah. It was related to yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know what I was thinking? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. Uh, reminds me, uh, no, fuck this Corona bullshit, but, uh, we have, uh, I got a, I got a homie. He's got a real dope spot in Hamilton, the yard. And, uh, he sells like paint and shit out there and he's got a, a DJ, our homie DJ Kirk John and I was going to host a cypher there and do and actually bring back the Monday Night Massacres and have mm. different guest artists come in and have him spin my beats and have artists drop verses over my beats and shit and, have, and like get it filmed and everything. And I was going to do that like not every every week, but like do like the Monday Night Massacre, do like a once a month thing. Right. Mm. And it'd be a good way for uh, like, you know, like local artists, whatever, come out and, and do a cypher. You know, good way to promote breaking records, good way to uh, network shit like that. But uh, like so that that idea is in the works um, uh, when it will when it will happen. That's going to that's going to decide on, you know, how things pan out, like, you know, yeah. how, you know, logistically with this COVID. Right. Yeah, I think we're all facing the same kind of uh, we don't know when we just don't know what we want to do when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I see, like for the sure. Whole... But yeah, no, that shit is uh, that shit is coming. Like kind of the ciphers that we do, kind of got like not really, but we do um, all these contests that we do. We actually we put out like a recognition uh, tape or whatever, and it's just like various you know verses from the contest, everything like that, right? Yeah. Um, to kind of put put a cipher together on over the contest beats with uh, different contestants, right? That was um, a blessing. So look out for that if. Uh, now, if, yeah, uh, yeah, if, had, you, uh, if you want your verse on, right? yeah, I had CB Mac on that like first one, and yo, know, fucks with CB Mac heavy, so I was like, mm, gotta be bumping that one. 
Uh, but no, it was that was another yeah. best idea. I saw y'all do that, and I'm like, shit, like they are really on point. Like, I, like everything you're doing was like innovative with regards to that. I'm like, not only did they do the contest, but they found <laughs> a way to monetize that shit. Like, yo, that's extra bless. That I was really impressed from like the boss, the boss move of that, and not like it's bad. It's great for like everybody involved. It's just a bunch of wins in that situation. It's fucking cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really happy how this contest is coming around. I really, I really, I'm really enjoying like I, like everybody coming around, and everything how we're doing it. Like it's really dope. So it's good to see people fucking coming in. Um, I thought I thought it was like it's it's a lot doper than I thought it was gonna be. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I can see how, like, in a concept level, it doesn't feel like it's going to turn into a... Because, yo, y'all had, like... You have a magical group. I mean, I don't even mind pivoting to that. Because, like, i literally been watching that shit since, what, September? Was, like, late August, September was when y'all started with that? Like, that's when it came on my radar, at least. And, man, it's lit. It's been, like, fun watching it come to life. Watching the entries come through. Watching everything play out. Um, yeah. It feels like a story, like like an episode of TV that's playing out in a Facebook group a little bit. Like just this like season of like characters coming through and you start to get to know the different like players and contenders, <laughs> like all the personalities, like man, like Coulter's making videos, dropping inside jokes to a group. I'm like, this is fucking way bigger than like I really, really fucking imagined when I first saw it in the first place. Yeah, I was totally thinking. Yeah, as Iraq said he was thinking of stealing your recognition tapes idea for his vert. I was like, yeah, I was totally thinking of stealing your idea too. I'm not even gonna lie; it was on my mind the whole time. I was like, yo, I might do that. I got a contest. Let's get fucking. What, what am I doing? Why didn't I think of that? But now nah, y'all did it, and I'm there. Like, you go. Like it's inspiring. Yo, ro royalties though. Ro break records. Royalties. Send the <laughs> check. Send the check. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I'm, fuck man. No. <laughs> No, that's sick. Yeah, it's a good idea, man. And it gets, uh, it's, it's a little more promotion for, like, their artists. Like, you know what I mean? They promoted it, promotes your contest as well, right? Like, yeah, it's, like it's one amazing. hand washing the other in that situation when you do it like that. No, nah, it's amazing. Like, uh, let's go back to your story a little bit. So you and Maloney start doing your own thing, and, you know, after the collective comes out. But also, I wanted to ask about the collective. Uh, was it more than just artists? Was it like beats, videographer? Was it like bigger than that? Or was it just like a bunch of artists and y'all just had different skills that you brought to the table? Well, like there was like the like the, the group icon was always a group. You know what I mean? It just kind of had rotating members of who was dedicated at the time. Like, you know what I mean? There'd be a couple of members, you know, dealing with some shit or, you know, like out like, you know, whatever, like can't put music as a priority you know what i'm saying like you know if, if music's not making you money you gotta understand right so mm. if uh like so yeah we like icon was the collective it was always like together we just had kind of like different members coming in and out um but like the collective was we had uh jay beats uh in the group um that was pretty much the only dude who wasn't a rapper um as far as i recall correctly like you know we got the homie c rack who's always who's always in, in the click, he's part of Icon, but he's not a rapper nor a videographer. He's just C Rack. So shout out C Rack. But but no, we had J Beats and then um Lipinski. He would come out a lot of the time with me uh me and Maloney when we started doing it a lot with uh with J Beats when uh when uh well it was San there was a member of Santoro, he stopped rapping. 
for a while. Um, so he was out of it for a bit. I guess I kind of went in and filled his spot after, after Icon was done, I guess, like, you know, performance wise, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, filled the role that like, you know, there was, there was always like two or three of us. There was always at least three of us at the show, right. whether it was, you know, me, Malone, Jay Beats, or, you know, Sky was there as well. Um, so the collective always, we always moved as like a movement, but um, like active members, like, you know, members who were actively doing music, that was kind of interchangeable. Um, but yeah, it was always a unit. It was always a family, like Icon. So like, the, uh, we got a question that like kind of follow that up because like we were thinking about breaking records before and like, what is it? Is it a label? Is it a collective? Is it, what? what is it? It's like a hard thing to like put one word on from an outside perspective, like looking at it. And I guess it was like, can Yo, I breaking records, boom. <laughs> that's it. Like to me, like, but it feels like it's a collective, like for the sake of understand, like for common, like it's a movement, but like y'all are a bunch of people with skills that you could accumulate together to make a bigger thing happen. I mean, that's what I think when I think of collective, like collectives make movements happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I see it. So I guess it's like, do you think yeah. collectives can replace labels in a sense, or should they replace labels? Well, it kind of is a label when you're talking about independent artists, you know what I mean? So if you don't have a label, that's kind of what you got to do. That's kind of like the best route you can take is to, you know, come together and network like that. So one person can take, you know, responsibility for one thing. One one person say dope at producing, one person's the dope MC, one guy's dope at engineering the music. You know what I mean? You all come together and you work together for, a, you know, a, uh, like the common goal. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's trying to like, you know, make something, do something with it, right? You know, once you do, you break bread. But like, you know, when you don't have a label, you know what I mean? Like that, like that kind of turns into, you know, it wouldn't even replace a label. That kind of is your label for an independent artist. You know what I mean? You got to make your own label. You got to make your own connections. You got to get your own everything, right? Yeah. No. So yeah, I guess it kind of, like it kind of is like your label. Nah, it's fresh. So I don't know if it can completely replace labels, but it's definitely the way I think. And I agree with you entirely. It was a big mistake for me to try to operate by myself for a long time. Big mistake. I realized along the way, nah, you kind of need to work with people to actually grow in, in, in this game. And just on like, even having a guy that isn't a rapper on your squad makes that guy want to rep your squad. And that's still an extra person saying your name, pushing the shit just because they're invested in it. And it's like everybody has like, people with them and so i think that's one of the cool things is because y'all are so many and you're working towards this like common goal and that's fucking blessed and i keep saying it because like it's actually just that incredible to witness playing out i don't know how many people bring light to that or anything but i know for me and anybody i know that's watched you that yeah. talked about you with that's like the most incredible part of the story is that today and now you're still together well, we're a pretty we're that's right. Like we keep this, we keep the circle, you know, like semi-small, right? Like we've all been rolling together. Like you said, yeah, like you see it, like we've all been rolling together over 10 years, pretty like all of us, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's not no, no real surprises. We've just, uh, you just haven't seen the whole collective at once all the time. You know what I mean? Like I said, kind of members are interchangeable. Like they're just like, one's not dedicated or, you know, whatever. Right. It's not a, it's not a, at the forefront but now like yeah we're all coming together and we're all um we're all putting in the work so shout out breaking records all y'all nah it's amazing stills but another fascinating thing 
more than 10 years. That's the part that a lot of people aren't a big fan of, I think, in life, is like that it could take a long time to achieve it because you guys are like crushing it now. But I remember <laughs> Maloney being like, yeah, we weren't crushing it forever. It took a long time of building and creating and working oh, yeah. towards this goal. And I say that because... Nobody's a fan of anything taking it a long time. Nobody's a fan of anything taking a long time to get where you know they want to go. Everybody wants, you know, oh, shit, I want it easy big facts but the fucking yeah you gotta do it man you gotta put in that work but you guys are gonna have it for life like nobody can take what you guys have built at this point it's kind of hit a, a a brand level that's powerful and that's like the result of the decade plus that you put in and that's what makes it cool like there's no fucking that up you I mean you've just got history behind what you do like years of shit that exists to back up anything that you want to say today that people can go find including monday massacre videos from back in the day to just show where you're all around yeah <laughs> that's powerful um so yeah uh are you like producing off the jump or are you just rapping i was just rapping like strictly i didn't start producing until probably like five years after i started rapping like and i like I can't believe, like, I started producing on this this program, SoundForge, but it was, like, a Sony program, like, $60 Sony program from Future Shop, right? And it was just made for, like, recording, like, vocal recording. It wasn't even, like, made for making beats, but I somehow figured out how to make beats on this, right? And it took, like, about a year until I was dope at making beats on this fucking SoundForge program. Um. And I just ended up sticking with this bullshit program that I was using for like, you know, that year. Right. So I produced with SoundForge for like, like three years when I first started producing. Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah, it wasn't till probably five years into like rapping, like from like when I started rapping, like serious, you know what I'm saying? Like, so from did, when I told you, so like, did you it was probably, probably a good three, four years. What's that? What made you uh, make that transition into deciding to want to produce? Like, I can tell you, eight and a half years into rapping serious, I have no desire to start producing, really. So it's like, to me, it's fascinating that. I think, I think everybody, like, I don't know, that's, that's weird you kind of say that, because you know what I mean? I was about to say, like, everybody who I know who raps, like, wishes they could make beats, you know what I mean? Like, I wish I could make my own beats, like. I mean, um, I have a desire to stand next to a guy and go beep, boop, 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 and then they make it. Yeah. That sounds dope to me, but to actually do the engineering is a, like, I hate editing. I'm not a big fan of like editing videos, engineering, like I, yeah. I, all of that process. It's so it's not the, the composition, it's the making it sound good that I have no desire to learn. Oh, the engineering part. I'd play an instrument seven times as fast as I would get into like actually learning it because I played bass for a minute. So it's not like against the musical side, yeah. but like to actually like go play with a sound program and like learn the science of sound engineering to know how to make every single, nah, I can't do it. I have no, I have no desire. I'd rather make a marketing. Yeah. Plan. Well, mine, when I started, <laughs> every sound didn't sound like so cohesive. You know what I mean? Like now my beats, like, I don't know, you can hear the beat I made for the contest. It sounded, that, that one will sound a lot cleaner than the ones I was making with this program. Right. But um, no, I just always wanted to like, you know, make my own beats. Like, you know what I mean? Like Maloney's making beats like every day in his basement. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, like I want to use the, you know what I mean? Like I want to make this beat. Like he would be like, 
he would make a fucking banger. He might be like, yo, give me this beat. He'd be like, nah, like, nah, I'm, I'm keeping this one. Like, I need this one. Like, you know, like, so I'd be like, ah, fuck. I was like, yo, I got, I got to start making my own so beats. I guess I can you say I, I mean? never start had that my own experience beats. though. I haven't actually been around a lot of people who cook up beats. Usually I'm at the point where the beats are available and I get the beats. And I was yeah. really good at scrounging for the weird beats no one else wanted, and people would just give me that shit, and I'd be like, "Okay, cool." And then I that would so I never like really sat there and watched people like cook it up, get attached, and lose it because it wasn't mine. Like that never happened one time to me. So that's an interesting difference. Right yeah, there, where I could see how you see that oh, happen. That happened a lot to me, man. Even Obi. Obi, shout out to Jack Jack Hellington, the other the other breaking records uh, producer in the contest, right? Yeah, he would come over and like he would he would play us through beats. So, like everybody in Icon would sit around. Obi's coming over, and, like Obi was new to like the circle, and we'd be like, "Yeah, we're pumped for these like you know these these new fucking beats." And we'd all sit there and like before the drum drop, you like if you liked it, you'd be like, "Yo, it's mine." I'm calling it like you go, you want to call it before the drums drop because if it drops and it's fire and someone else calls it, you're not getting it. Mm. But then if you called it and the drums weren't fire, you're still taking it and somebody's getting the next choice. So it was like, it was just a big fucking ruckus, like fighting. No, that over is beats, so like. cool. T tell us more about like that <laughs> process, man. I never like again for me. This is just personal curiosity, hearing how another artist does their thing. So y'all would be in a room. And man's would yeah. come in and it would be like a beat lottery of sorts. And you would effectively have like a order, like a draft, yeah. like, like when you're doing like fantasy hockey and you got your draft picks and then you would like kind of sit, set up a system like that. No, no, it wasn't that organized, man. It was just a fucking bunch of dogs in the yard fighting over it. Just like, especially OB instrumentals. Fuck. Like mm. we, uh, yeah, he would sit there and he would run through them, run through them. And if you got one, then the next one you couldn't pick. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you already picked. You just picked one. I like this one, you know? Like, mm. so he was him and, you know, Sky, um, the one guy who I told you kind of got our foot in the door starting to do shows. Shout out to Sky. Uh, you know, he would, uh, he had beats and shit. He made, he made fucking fire beats. He's actually got a, he actually got a beat coming up on the new uh, Menace Lupus album. We're starting to record that soon. But yeah, he would come over and we would all, fight over these guys' beats, you know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, me, Lipinski, Maloney, there'd be Santoro there, be like, ah, nah, this one, like, you know, we need this one. I want this one. Nah, I want this one. Nah, okay, we'll collab on this one, you know? <laughs> like, and if the fight got too intense, we would have to collab. But, but yeah, that was... Uh, That's an amazing sentiment. Fuck it. We, we went too hard on the beat, <laughs> we fought too much, fuck it. Now we have to fucking collab on this month. <laughs> That's a hilarious thought to me, but I love that. I love it because, like, again, like you can hear you guys rapping together and like the same names keep appearing. Like I went, we found that Maloney album from 2013. You're on, you know, a bunch of stuff. I was trying to like dig through yeah. what I could find. Um, I didn't actually go to your website. That would probably have been a smarter choice. But like in general, like it was so cool yeah. to see how y'all like a you're consistent, which is fucking cool uh but like y'all have like a chemistry like we, we do album reviews and one of the things my girlfriend looks for when she listens is like are they friends and you can hear when people are friends on a song and that shit is like apparent from every track i heard that you're on with anybody else and that's actually like a really great feel that you bring to the energy of the music you make together 
Yeah, well, we've been rolling uh, together for a long time, right? So that uh, that plays into like being able to collab and bounce off each other and like ideas and you know, like especially like at shows and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we pretty much know like every each of our lyrics. You know, like off by heart. If, if one of us is too drunk, I'll just rap your song for you. Like, you know, like whatever, right? Mm. Uh, but yeah, like so. Yeah, we just been working together so long that you know. Like it just comes second nature, I guess. I guess we don't think about it. Something like I guess people like if they work together so long, you wouldn't think about, you know, that. But it's uh, it's cool the listener would pick up on that. Nah, it's big. It's big time apparent. Like for real. Um, I even I could picture you guys covering each other because like in your your styles are similar enough, but everybody's voice is pretty distinct stills, and I like that about it too. Um, but yeah, so like. What was it like? Were you like touring around Ontario? Were you like sticking to Brantford or like uh, what was where we? What was like it like? How were you like branching out? Because like y'all seem to be in like Toronto, Mississauga land now. So I know at some point it seems like you left. Um, so like, how did you like branch out and break out of your town? Well, like performance wise and show wise, like I mainly like I I stuck in like southern on southern Ontario. It's been you know, a pretty provincial thing. Like, I can't, I don't think I can even, like, I haven't been able to leave Canada for a long time. So going overseas wouldn't be an option. Mm. Uh, like, yeah, just basically, like, being from Brantford, we started doing shows in Brantford. Like, you know, I guess my first show was at Niagara Falls. But other than that, after that, it was Brantford for a long time. And then we started doing shows in, in Toronto and, uh, and in Woodstock and in London and places like these with uh, uh, Filthy T, Filthy Tarantino. Uh, he was our plug at Woodstock um, for shows. Like that was, um, yeah, a couple of shows in London. Um, but we would stick to uh, like promoters we knew that were kind of local who we could get like, you know, our broke asses could get our fucking DJ to drive us out there. You know, like, it, you know, it wouldn't be too much of a, too much of a hassle to go on tour or anything like that right right no but so it's been mainly like southern ontario um branching out of my hometown of brantford i guess that's when i started coming so to like, like you know whole, toronto london is there like a whole know? circuit for southern ontario it's like i know in quebec we have like this uh quebec circuit like if you really want to make money you don't play montreal you go around quebec and do all the small towns because uh, Montreal saturated yeah. as fuck, and all the little places are, are like lit. But if you're English, it's not the best market for us. So for us, honestly, Ontario is probably a much better place to go branch out if we want to go perform. Let's say. So, is there like a circuit that exists in there, like a bunch of towns and whatnot that are just have like lit stuff that goes on? Um, I wouldn't say like I never really. I don't have you know like a town per se. I could. You know, like Niagara Falls is always is always hype. Everybody in Niagara Falls is always hype. So that's a good place to do shows. Um, other than that, I don't really have any, you know, any real spots that were like, you know, better than better than the next. You know what I mean? But it depends. Like if you want to go on tour or whatever, it depends what promoter you're, you know, dealing with, right? And like where he's going, like where 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 everybody you're performing with is going. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't go on tour. Fair enough. I mean, you don't have to, it's just curiosities. Cause like, 
I don't know a lot about Ontario, to be honest. Like, I've been learning geography. Yeah. Like, I talk to people. So, like, I've been in the area. I was in Hamilton, like, one time. And, like, I have, like, bits and pieces. I've been to Toronto twice. So, like, I kind of know the area. But in general, it's, like, is it? it's a lot of smaller places that are kind of near each other, as I understand it, right? <clears throat> yeah, like, Toronto's, like, the biggest city. Like, it's huge. But, like... Yeah, like from where I'm from, Brantford, there's like a few small towns around there, like populations like half a million, two hundred thousand. You know, there's like a town. Actually, you know, you're there's a Paris, there's Burford, there's different. Like, yeah, real small towns, I guess. Mm. Um, once you get into the GTA, that's when the city kind of happens. Fair enough. Um, so, like, when did you? When did it like become breaking records? Well, breaking records started like it wasn't, you know, I, I think like Malone probably a better a better guy to ask about the 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 start of breaking records than me. But breaking records was originally like Malone and Innis uh, starting uh, doing like radios and interviews and shit like that. OK, so that's when breaking records started uh, breaking records radio. So they were doing that for and a while. And then they were doing that, like, and, like, well, we were still, like, you know, Icon was still, like, a click or whatever, right? But that's kind of how Breaking Records started. And then, you know, Malone just kept going with the interviews or, you know, whatever and stuck with Breaking Records. And, you know, that's just kind of, like, the name we rolled with because it, you know, gained gained so much traction, right? But, if you, yeah, if you... uh yeah, Malone, Malone or Ennis would probably be a better, a better guy, a better person out of the, the click to ask about the start of that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we were just curious because, again, like I do remember coming up with the spelling though for breaking records, making it the W R E C K, like the wreck. Some people might tell you different, but that's the truth. <laughs> I like the spelling. It's a good. It's... <laughs> nah, I enjoy it. Um... So, like, yeah, who made the logo? That is a good question. I don't know who made the logo, man. Like, I don't know. And I wouldn't want to venture a guess and then say the wrong dude, you know what I mean, and give somebody else. <laughs> so, I don't know. That. Again, that, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know who made the logo. This logo been around for a long time, man. This, this logo was around since they started doing, like, the radios and shit, right? Mm. We'll definitely have to ask Maloney that when he comes back. Um, but, like, so in your case, um, you're rapping for a while. You're doing the shows around Ontario. You're, uh, you're, you're clicked up. You got the different group projects. You all are featuring together. You're just kind of running with the squad. And then you start making beats at some point. So you figure out how to make your beats. And uh, – is, is so basically that's kind of what it is now you're a cycle of producing albums you're beat you're making your own beats what else is going on in your life though well yeah like mainly like i'm kind of like trying to do that like i'm trying to produce a lot more than i have right so when i when i came about to start dropping these uh these like new new tracks and shit and kind of get more you know back into you know the swing of things a couple years ago right like I was like, you know, I could put a few projects out. I can showcase, you know, my production and shit. And like, you know, that's like, I like, I like producing, excuse me. I like producing just as much, if not more than I like rapping. 
I just started rapping. I've been rapping so long, right? Like, I'll never stop rapping. But, like, maybe, like, you know, artists go through phases, too. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, a guitar player, like, he likes playing the bass now and he wants to play, you know, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? A different kind of guitar. Maybe it's something like that, just going through, like, kind of a, a phase or whatever. But, yeah, I kind of, like, started, uh, I invested in a couple, uh, like, a program, Studio One, um, different shit like that. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to really start trying to produce and shit like that and focus on that as much as I, uh, as much as I am rap. So that's kind of what, you know, direction I went with when I'm dropping these uh, new projects. Like I got down on my last marble coming out. Um, that's the tape. We just dropped the breaking records album. Um, you know, other than that, like just like, yeah, that in the contest is pretty much, uh, yeah. What I got going on, man, staying home, chilling out, <laughs> not much trying to stay busy. So to, to walk us through what it's like to like make a beat. Like, what is your, your process like? Well, my prime first I find a sample. Like once I find a sample, and I need to find a sample, like I need to find a good sample. Like you can sample anything really, but I try and pride myself on finding good samples. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, if he found that, you know what I mean? So samples first and foremost and how I want to lay that out. And then, you know, I kind of, I'll listen to the track for a while, sometimes too long, and I'll waste a day doing it. But like, I'll just listen to the track for a while and, you know, just kind of like work out in my head what, how I would chop it up, what I would do, what could be the hook, this could come in at a switch up, what's a cool sound, whatever, right? Um, kind of play the track, get a feel for the track, and then, yeah, I start with the sample, um, find the sample, chop the sample up, you know, make it sound how I want it and, uh, you know, go with the drums. And I just kind of like build from there. You know what I mean? Go on from there. But yeah, the first and foremost is a sample. That's, that's cool. You so got to like, find the dope shit. So like what to you is like, you got to find what the are dope you looking stuff. for in a dope sample? Like what, what to you like makes a dope sample compared to other things? Well, like, I don't know, like a well, lot, like Kelly, a lot of people uh, like violins. Filthy did the logo, like, by the way. Pianos. What's that? Apparently, Filthy did the logo. Filthy did the logo. Shout out Filthy Tarantino. He did my logo too. <laughs> mm. Fucking uh, no, nah, like some people like piano, some people like violins. It depends, like like what you like. You know what I mean? I like a lot of like, you know, like smooth shit, and I like vocals in my in my shit so you know that's like the only thing i really i guess look for would be i don't know man i don't know that's a tough question what do i really look for in a sample like what do i tend to go for yeah i mean ah. i know there's this show i watched that ended like, i like hip-hop man i'm an old school head i'm an old school head so like it's gotta it can't like it's usually something you know from like the 60s some sort of you know funky shit you know, or some real like melodic smooth shit with some vocal in it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away all my secrets on how I make the same, like, you know, make it how I want it and chop nah, it up nah, or whatever. Part, but, uh, fair, but yeah, like, if you went that far, I'd have no idea. That's what the, the process of how I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, to me, it's just interesting, like, to like listen to you talk about it. Like, I, people seem to like be into hearing people's creative processes, like, the technical nuances of what you do in the software is like okay i'm not that I'll, I'll personally get a little less interested at that part but like 
<laughs> the part where you're like, nah, I look really like, smooth with vocals and I feel the vibe. And then I think about how I can listen to the beat all day. That shit's really nifty to me. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm not the only guy that sits there and marinates on that shit for me. You know, like, because, you know, you don't know what other people do. Oh, I'll, I'll waste a day. <laughs> I'll waste a day, bro. Like, I'll sit here, I'll, like, even if I get, like, my sample laid out and just get some drums, and if I like it that much, I've ruined beats that way. I've got a sample lined up and got the drums out, and I've been like, ah, oh, this is so sick. And I'll sit there and I'll zone out for, like, like a half an hour, 45 minutes, and I, like, straight, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. And then, like, it'll click in my brain, like, yo, fuck this beat. Like, I got to shut this shit off or my head's going to explode. And, like, I'll never even go back and touch it after that. Like, I'll just start with the next one or whatever. So, like, there's, like, a there's a ton of beats like that I have because I no, listen to it over and over again. So, sometimes you can get the feel of it. Sometimes you can lose the feel of it. So, one of the more interesting things somebody said to me recently was that how they can tell their songs a bop or not is just that. They listen to it excessively. And they only put out the ones they like after so in a way you're kind of vetting your beats you're, you're bumping it and then if you still fuck with it after an hour and you want to go back to it you know that's that shit that's like yeah. me, that's a nifty <laughs> approach honestly that's a knowledge nugget right there because i've been fucking with that method a little more i've been chain listening to shit in ways i never did and being a little more patient and a little less fucking put it out right away with it and i'm like okay no this lets me understand the vibes better and whatnot. So hearing you actually break down that process is fucking cool. Like it, it actually doesn't sound like a waste. It sounds like a smart thing to do if you're making beats, to be honest. Yeah, maybe quality control wise, but productivity wise, I'll tell you something. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a stack sitting over here, man. I'll tell you. Probably like I probably got like over a hundred of those just sitting there. I know exactly. that's what happens though man sometimes sometimes you go back and you're like lazy you're like yo I don't know what to say I can't I don't have a sample you know what I mean like what do I got halfway cooked up you know what I mean oh this this was dope this is a year old like what is this like and then I'll make a beat that way so like I guess like at the end of the day they never really go to waste mm. no that makes a lot of sense too I mean, to me, it never is a waste. Like, yeah. the idea is you're creating, you're creating, you're creating. You're still practicing the skills. You're still putting the time in. And honestly, listening is part of the job. So, like, it feels maybe more like a waste than it is to me. And, yo, the one thing I can say is all the peoples in this group are like, Oasis bait is so good. Now, maybe that's a little bit you're part of the squad. But I'm pretty sure they really feel that your beats are that good. Because I'm going, Oasis beats are really that good. Like, I listen to your, your, your productions everywhere. You can find it. You hear it. It's always tight. They're interesting. They, they're not like... You have style. Like, there's a style to it. And each of you have a style to it, which is something I really appreciate. Like, I do find myself a yeah. little drawn to, like, the Hellington ones because they got this experimental tone to it. And you got, like, this energy that makes me want to stay in my lane and be safe with it in a smart way. Like, let's, let's, let's do it right, you know? Whereas Hellington makes me want to do some risky shit. So I like the fact that, like, yeah, yeah, that's, like, consistent for each of these contests that I've seen. So, like, it's cool that that can each be, like, an effect of it. Sure. So definitely the fact that you've established that, I think, probably comes from a little bit that you do take time into, like, quality control. Yeah. Um. So, like, what, what do you, like, do you have, like... How, 
so sorry let me rephrase that when it comes down to like this like virtual side of life that's going on do you foresee yourself fucking with things like twitch and, and live streams more and all of this as time goes on well like i think i think you're gonna have to you know what i mean if you want to be an artist you want to reach out to people like this is the way this is the way it's going you know what i mean you can't go sit on the corner and sell mixtapes no more you know what i mean you can't go you know sit on the corner like keep rapping at people and hand out t-shirts people think you're a weirdo and shit everything everything's done online now you know what i'm saying like it's it's the new norm like even even album sales and, and shit like that like you know even big record label companies there it's all online sales right like everything's online so i'm not too much of like a technology or like social media guy um like i try to be as best i can to you know with this music shit and the breaking records and whatever but uh but like eventually like there's certain you know apps like you have to get you know what i mean i didn't have instagram for the longest time but then you know like everybody's like yo you got to get instagram like if you're gonna be any type like, you need instagram you need facebook like you know you, there's, there's a few like apps and social media stuff like you just is that that just take over and become you know most of what your audience would be using you know what i mean like like of course yeah so like I can see myself using all that, like to yeah, reach uh, reach different kinds of audience and stuff. I see a lot of people doing uh, collab battles back and forth or whatever on TikTok and stuff like that. So, you know, like yeah, I can yeah. I try though. I try. <laughs> I try my best in social media. <laughs> like making beats live on Twitch. I say that because I know a lot of people are getting into that world in particular where you kind of monetize the stream where you make the beat and then you flip the beat and double monetize the stream. Like you can. Yeah, make... see, like, oh, for me, like, I couldn't do that. Yeah, sorry, man. But I, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit there on live and, and make a beat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear what anybody's going to say. I, have, I already have the beat pretty much made in my head, like how I want it to go as I'm doing it, you know what I mean? So I did no distractions. And also, like I told you, I'll sit there and listen to it for an hour. You know what I mean? I'll listen to the sample song for an hour. Like if I went on live doing, you, you, doing you, that you, shit, like, no, like nobody no, will be no, watching. You're, you're, that is the <laughs> one part of my, I have to disagree with you on. I recorded the this chorus for like 20 fucking minutes of me just doing the same fucking chorus, trying to get it right. And now nah, people will stick around. It's fucking weird a little bit when you think about it, but people are so fascinated by watching other yeah. people create while Netflix is not doing great with <laughs> entertainment right now that like I would personally watch you bump that because I'd want to be doing it too. Like I'd be hearing that beat and I'd be watching, yeah. like, you know, like it'd be part well, see, of that process. So yeah, there's me not really knowing social media too, right? So like, I'm not really a social media guy. So yeah, that would be a different take. I could see that now. Like, I wouldn't want to watch me listening to. I wouldn't want to watch my boring life. You know what I mean? But hey, but it's not boring <laughs> to me. That's the thing. I think a it, lot of us feel it that does, way. right? Maybe somebody. I mean, you're Oasis. You're this guy that shows up with the beats, and you all have classified in your name drops, and you're you're, you're as interesting to me as anyone else. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, guys. I got beats, man. And uh, your beats are well I got made. Beats, your raps are rapidy raps. Um, who else can drop a pack in the mac in the back of the Akbar all proper like that? That's very nice. I enjoyed that a lot, a lot. <laughs> no, for real, your bars is nice. I like the references you Shut make. Up on. Like it, it, like it made me appreciate your tastes to hear the things that you shout out. 
especially fucking killer bike bars. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's a, yeah, that's another the move track there. Yeah, it's a bop. That one is by far my favorite track you did. I felt like I wanted to move listening to it, and I'm into dance a lot these days. So like, I fucked with that one heavy. But like, dope. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's super nifty to talk to that because I know like virtual reality is coming. I know a lot of people don't want it to be coming, but it's totally coming. How do you, I guess like that must be something that you're not excited for. Well. Is virtual reality reality? Like, or is it virtual? Like, I don't know, man. I don't it's know. Everything virtual like is becoming reality. Yo, I mean, the VR shit's weird. But, like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like doing drugs, right? If you do it in moderation. It's, <laughs> it's like a shroom trip. <laughs> but it, it is, though. Like, I can tell you, man. Yeah. Like, one time we were sitting here, and, like, we went to these bullshit, boring-ass art museums in the VR. And it was stupid, but like you take a COVID circumstance and it's like, I, is it something I want to do for five hours straight? Nah. Was it going to yeah. become like super fucking a prevalent part of our society and shit? Yeah, but let's go a whole different route. The Oasis show starts in like fucking VR and you got a bunch of light triggers and shit. So you say words or whatever. And when you say certain words, a bunch of shit pops off and a bunch of colorful crap happens. Yeah. That's like the other side of VR where it's like the creative potential is ridiculous. Do I want to be there all day? Nah. Is it like Black Mirror? I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. But like, it's definitely coming. And it's definitely yeah. not real life. But it's definitely a thing. I just see your uh, your name. There you are. Camera's back. Fair enough. Um, oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. Nah, no worries. Uh, honestly, at this point, I do this a lot, so I just get used to rolling with the whatever happens with it. People cut off, things go on, people come back, it works. At yeah, the end yeah. Of the day, this is content. People are listening. People don't usually watch this shit so much as it's on while they do things. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's good being on here with you, fucking for sure. Nah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate it. So what are your like influences these days? How do you like what what do you draw inspiration from musically these days? Uh I man, like I'm that old fucking grumpy guy sitting there listening to his big daddy Kane and his big pun. Like, you know what I mean? Like I still listen to the same shit for inspiration that I listened to before. Mm. You know, like I just like pun's my favorite rapper of all time. Uh, fuck it. Like I, I listen to the same shit, <laughs> like over and over, man. Like Big Pun, all that old, all that good shit, man. Kane, Rock, him, Big L, all okay. that. Nah, it's dope. Um, so what are your plans for the next bit once COVID's done? What are you able to share with us? Well, I got to, uh, I think I might be reaching up to Kingston with the homie uh, Chris Thomas for a show Friday. Um, this coming Friday, uh, once COVID does stop, yeah, breaking records will be, um, yeah, about like hitting the block again. We'll be doing shows, especially uh, in Toronto. It's like, you know, we're local, so we'll be out there. Um, I got down in my last marble, that mixtape uh, dropping. That'll be dropping during the contest. So, you know, all the, you know, contestants, they can stay posted to that. Um, 
you know, and uh, yeah, me and Maloney were hitting the studio to record the next Menace Lupus album. So that, that's about it, man. When uh, when COVID's done, we'll be uh, we'll be back on the street uh, ripping it. Cool, man. Killing it, killing it again. All right, so we definitely appreciate you coming through, man. It was great to have you. Um, so, yo, thank you, everybody, for watching and uh, being a part of this with us. Uh, it's always great to have you there. And for those of you watching in the future, we definitely appreciate you all there as well. Uh, make sure to hit the subscribes, likes, follows. Make sure to check out the Breaking Record stuff and Oasis and all that. All the links are going to be in the description of the video. And uh, yo, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Powell, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribbler to throw up this support what we do. And if you support what we do as well, you can check out that Patreon, patreon.com slash behind that suit. On that note, we do appreciate you being here again with us, Oasis. And uh, I do hope you have yourself a wonderful day. And on that note, everybody, live long and prosper. Mm -hmm.